Well, good morning and welcome to Bridgewater. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, my name is Tim. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are so excited that you are here with us this morning. You know, I remember uh, one time when my family and I were moving. And I remember very clearly standing in this moving truck. It only had about five items in it. And all of a sudden, I felt like my chest got really, really tight. I could barely breathe. And it was like somebody had just sucked all of the air out of that truck. I was worried and afraid. I had no idea what was happening in that moment. But I know leading up to that moment, I was worried about a lot of things. I was worried about getting everything in that truck. I was worried about making sure everything fit nice and perfectly in that truck. I was worried about selling our house. I was worried about where we were moving to. I was worried about my kids. I was worried about making that move perfect for everybody. I was worried about my friends. I was worried about meeting new friends and what everybody would think of me. And all of a sudden, that worry was like a drip, 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 kind of like water. If you let water continually drip, 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 eventually it can cut a hole into concrete. And worry had been cutting a trench into my life. Have you ever been there? We all worry. Some of us, we have a a worry of our kids or our finances or what's going to happen with our kids in school or what's going to happen at jobs. We also have these fears. Some of us have a fear of rejection, a fear of failure, a fear of the unknown. Fears and worries, they come in all shapes in sizes. Some of them really, really small, and they just kind of drip, drip, drip. Some of them are massive, and they're just consuming everything about us. So how do you quit worry? How do you hand in your resignation to fear and worry? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have your Bible, go to Exodus chapter 16. It's pretty easy to find your Bible. It's right in the beginning. Genesis, then Exodus. Find that in your Bible or your Bible app. If you don't have one, we're going to put the text on the screen behind me. But while you're looking for the book of Exodus, go to chapter 16. Let me give you a little bit of the background. You see, God has just released Israel from 400 years of slavery. 400 years And now they are following a God that they don't really know a whole lot about. They have no idea where they're going. Their entire life has been changed. Things are different. Things are uncomfortable. They were in a place of slavery, but they were at a place where they were eating lots of food, pots of meat. They always knew where their next meal was coming from. And all of a sudden, everything has changed and shifted. It's different. Life is beginning to get a little hard. Life is getting a little uncomfortable. They have no idea where they're going. And so they begin to whine and complain and grumble. And there's even a little bit of worry going on. And so they begin to cry out to God. And as they're crying out to God, God begins to move in this nation. So that's where we pick up the story. Exodus chapter 16. I'll start reading in verse 2. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat, and we ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert 
to starve this entire nation. God, you've brought us out here to starve us, to kill us. If only, if only we were back in slavery, if only we were back in Egypt, if only we were back there, we had pots of meat, if we had all those places where we had so much food. Have you ever found yourself asking if only? If only life was a little bit better. If only we could go back to the way things used to be. And so many times, if only can turn into what if. They have this really distorted view of life. Now they're free. They're out of slavery. They're no longer under the thumb of Pharaoh. Life is different. But they're wondering and thinking and worrying. If only we had done this. If only life was like this. Where have you ever asked, if only? If only I had blank, then I would be what? Where, yeah, you'd, you'd be happy, right? If only I had the things that I used to have. If only I had that old job, then I would be happy. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, you know, if only I had a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, then I would be happy. Not looking at anybody. If only I had, right? And that moves quickly to what if. What if I never get into a relationship? What if I'm single? What if I never get married? And they're asking that question and they're making that statement. If only blank, then what? But take a look at what God does next. Because that, that if only statement, those what if statements, those lead to fear and worry. Take a look at what happens next. Verse four, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they, they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it, is, it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord. Because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. God says, I'm gonna provide for you. I'm gonna rain down bread. I'm gonna take care of you today, but it's gonna come in form of a test. And here's the instructions. Days one, Two, three, four, and five. I only want you to take enough for that day. No less, no more. Just take what you need for today. And then on day six, I want you to take enough for day six and day seven. That's it. No more, no less. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week. Don't try to control the situation. Don't try to manipulate everything. Just take care of the food you need today. 
That's it. Those are the instructions. It's pretty clear. God wants to know, will they trust him? Do you trust God for today? Or are you going to worry about tomorrow? Do you trust God for today? Or are you going to worry about next week or next month? Do you really believe that he's good? Do you believe that he cares? Do you believe that he's really interested in you? Because when we are worried, we let those, those thoughts of fear and worry, which are relentless, there's this chatterbox inside my head that just asks, what if, what if, what if, what if? And eventually it's like that drip, 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 and it can bring your whole life to a screeching halt. How do you tell that chatterbox just to be quiet? Because it loves to ask, what if? And it brings all sorts of doubts, discouragement, and leaves us wondering, is there actually any hope? After Moses gives them these instructions, he warns them, hey, when you complain, notice you're complaining against God. And we do this too, right? I don't like that it's raining. It's too hot. It's too cold. Who's in charge of the weather? God. Who controls how much money you make? It's God. If only I had more money. But what if I don't have money for this repair? What if I don't have money for next week? What, do I, what if I don't have money for rent? Who's really the one who gives us the money? Who gives us the means of earning that money? It's God. But notice what happens next. Verse 9, then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. God hears your cries he hears your complaints. He hears your worries. He hears about your fears. He hears about all of them. He's listening. He's not like everybody else. He listens. He's leaning in. And he cares. And he's ready to move. He's ready to change everything. Notice it says that the glory of the Lord is appearing. The glory of the Lord is there. That's showing them that his presence is right there with them. I know so many times when I'm worried, when I'm afraid, I feel completely alone. It seems like no matter what's going on or how much I pray, sometimes I can be tempted to think he's not really there. He doesn't really care. But God is telling them, no, I am right here with you right now. That's true for you. That's true for me. That when you're at home, when you're at work, when you're in your car, he's right there with you. He's never left you, never forsaken you, never left you high and dry. He's always right there. When we're consumed with fear and worry, we need to quit. We need to hand in that resignation. We need to move from what if to God will be 
near. So many times I go about my day and I forget that he is right here with me, but I need to remind myself, you know what? He is here. Right now, he's in this situation. As worry and fear begin to to go into my mind, as I begin to wrestle with all of the what-ifs, as I begin to enter into that spin cycle going round and round and round, I need to just stop it. And in that moment, I need to go, okay, wait, Tim. God is right here. And he's going to provide for today. In fact, he's always provided everything that I needed. Not everything that I wanted, not all the luxuries, not everything that my friends have, but he's always provided for me today. And he's telling Israel, today, I've got you. Today, I will handle all on my own. It's amazing because they're, they're, they're complaining. They forget all the things about who God is and what he's done. But notice, notice how they respond. Here comes the test. Verse 13 That evening, quail came and covered the camp. I mean, billions and billions of quail come down, cover the entire camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It's the bread of the Lord he's given to you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. The one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. Don't keep any of it. Don't try to do extra. Just take what you need for today. Don't focus on tomorrow or next week or all of the what ifs. What if we run out? What if we didn't measure correctly Just focus on what God is doing. God is testing them. But it's not like a test that you you get at school. It's not like a final exam where you can pass or fail. I mean, that would bring a whole lot more anxiety, right? But this is something completely different. Ed Welch says, "Think think of this as a way to expose traitors during wartime. We are potential traitors and don't even know it. Because you and I, we have these mixed allegiances, mixed devotions. Remember last week we talked about fear and worry. And Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and stuff, God and money, God and fill in the blank. Right? But we try to ride that fence. And he says, you can't. You will either be devoted to the one and despise the other. And God is saying, okay, today I'm going to provide for you exactly what you need for you and your entire family. Do you trust me? Or are you going to try to control the situation? Are you going to try to manipulate everything? You see, worries and fears, they attach themselves to the things that we value. 
And they begin to lie to us. And they begin to tell us, what if? What if everything doesn't work out with your kids? What if the plane goes down? What if the stock market crashes? What if you are single? What if they do reject you? What if they do talk about you behind your back? And they say, what if, what if, what if? What are we supposed to do? So just, I just want to take a minute. Just, just humor me just for a minute, all right? We're going to get to a really important plan. But just for a moment, I never thought I'd say this in church, but what if we took a page out of the famous theologian Taylor Swift? Watch this. There we go. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. I mean, what if you said that to fear and worry? What if you said to fear and worry, you and I, we are never, ever, ever getting back together? Now, now you know why I'm not on the worship team too, right? <laughs> but seriously, what if you said, okay, fear, okay, worry, you and I, we're done. Fear. Worry, all the what-ifs, you and I, we're breaking up. We're never getting back together. The relationship is over. But how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we do that? We need to move from what-if to God will be in control and he can be trusted. That they are, they are there right there in the midst of the thick of it, right? They're, they're worried about tomorrow and all of the what ifs and, and the if onlys are all flooding into their minds. Do you believe that God is in control? Do you believe that God can be trusted? I mean, there they are wrestling with this test. This is the God of the entire universe. He breathed out everything into existence. Stars, planets, the galaxies formed you and I inside of our mother's womb. He created everything. And he says, you know what? Today, I got this. Today, all I want you to do is take enough food for today. Don't worry about tomorrow or next week or next month. He's in control. And he can be trusted. And in the midst of fear and worry, when those thoughts start running into your mind, when the chatterbox starts running its mouth, you can say, shut it. God is in control. He can be trusted. I need to remind myself of that over and over and over again. But look at what happens when Israel doesn't trust God. Verse 20. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. That's gross. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. So what did they do? They took more than they should have because they didn't trust they didn't believe that God really cared. They didn't believe that God was really in control. They didn't really trust him and his character. 
I said, you know what, God? I know you're in control of everything. I know you create like the whole universe and you breathed out stars and planets and I know you made me, but like the whole food thing, God, I can take care of this. In fact, we're going to take a little extra just in case because we're not quite sure. And they don't trust him. And because of that, the food spoils, it rots, and it gets really nasty. And it's in those moments God is saying, okay, I just want you to do what I'm asking you to do and obey just in that one area. Remember last week we talked about the two circles. Paul Tripp talks about the circle of responsibility and concern. Right? There's a circle of responsibility. All the things, if you weren't here last week, all the roles that you have. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. I'm an employee. I'm a neighbor. I'm a son. Right? You have these roles too. Maybe you're a daughter. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you run your own business. You work for somebody. Right? You have all these relationships and God is simply saying, I want you to obey. That's it. Israel is called to do one thing. Go and gather enough food for today. That's it. And simply obey. And then there's these things that we're concerned about, right? Israel's concerned about tomorrow and next week. Is there really going to be enough food? Can God really handle this? And you and I have those concerns too. Maybe it's about finances or our job or our kids, their health, their safety. Maybe it's someone who's far from God and, and, and their relationship. And God is simply saying, I want you to entrust those things to me. Yeah, you're worried and you're wondering about tomorrow and the food and the bread and all of that. God is saying, just trust me. I'll take care of today. You entrust all of the concerns to God. And sometimes that circle of responsibility, it can expand, right? And that's what they're doing. They're expanding it. They're taking all the concerns about tomorrow and they're saying, we got this. We got to take a little extra for tomorrow, maybe a little extra for the next day because we don't really know. And it spoils, it's rotten, it stinks. And we do this. We take our concerns, things that are actually really, really important to you and me. And we take those on as our own responsibility. And that's when concern moves into worry and begins to consume our lives. The opposite is true too, right? That circle can begin to shrink. We can go, you know what? I'm actually not going to take bread for today. I'll just wait a little bit. I'm kind of feeling tired. And God's like, no, I want you to do it right now in the morning before the sun gets really hot. And then it's gone. He says, don't shirk your responsibilities Whatever your responsibilities are, do them. He's simply saying, obey. But then God gives them a different test. It's the Sabbath test. Look at verse 22. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath, rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it till morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded. And it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. 
Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Huh. God is saying, do you trust me? I want to take care of today for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Days one through five, just take what you need. But then on the sixth day, I want you to take twice as much because I want you to have a day of rest. Or a day that you set aside just for me. You don't work, you just rest. And so many of us are like that. We think, you know what, God, if I, if I wake up and I get like four extra hours in the morning before everybody else wakes up, and I add a couple more hours on the end of the day, I can do way more work than anybody else can do in one day. In fact, God, I'm not going to just work Saturday. I'm going to work Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to get ahead. I'm telling you, God can do more in your life and my life in six days than you and I can do in seven. He's asking them, Will you trust me? God is in control. He can be trusted. And they go, yeah, I, I don't know. And they didn't take enough on the sixth day. They went out on the seventh day and there was nothing. God wants them to know he's in control and he can be trusted. And he's planning on taking care of today. Do you trust them at work? Do you trust them in your business? Do you trust them with your kids, with your finances? Do you trust them with those things? Or are you trying to control them, manipulate them, and take on the whole world yourself? God is saying, you want to quit worry? You want to quit giving in to fear? You want to quit giving in to panic and anxiety? You need to stop thinking of all the what-ifs and be reminded, he is near, he can be trusted, and he's in control. Last week, we talked about Jesus and what Jesus had to say about fear and worry. He talked about all of these things. You can't have two masters. You can't be devoted to one or the other. You got to shift your devotion to God and God alone. And as Jesus wraps up everything that he's talking about, fear and worry, this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, he says, based on everything we've just talked about, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus, knowing everything that's happened in Exodus, knowing how God did provide the manna, is reaching all the way back. He's going, remember what God did for Israel? He provided for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week. Don't worry about next month. God will take care of today. And so if you want to quit worrying, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work. And we have to move from what if to God will take care of today. All of us need to be reminded of this over and over and over again that today he's got this. Tomorrow's got problems. Tomorrow's got things that are going to cause conflicts. Tomorrow's got its own issues. But today, let God take care of today. Today, I need to be reminded that he's going to care for me, that he's listening, 
He's leaning in. He's in control. He's providing. I don't have to figure out tomorrow. I don't have to figure out next week. In fact, here's what Martin Luther says. Martin Luther says, you cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Fortunately for me, I don't have that problem. But here's what, here's what he's saying, right? Birds are going to fly over your head, right? That, that's going to happen. But none of us would let a bird sit on our head and begin building a nest, right? That's crazy. Worries and fears are going to continue to show up in your life and my life. There's no, no formula there's no money-back guarantee that worry would never, never appear again. There's no, hey, take two John 3.16s and call me in the morning, right? <laughs> You're going to have to work at this. I have to work at this. When fear and worry show up, I have to go, okay, it's here. Now what am I going to do about it? Am I going to let that chatterbox continue to talk and continue to say, what if, what if, what if? Or am I going to slow down and go, okay, no more what ifs. God is near. God is in control. God can be trusted. God will take care of today. And as you can guess, I made it out of that moving truck. It was hard. It was difficult. I had to phone a friend and say, hey, here's what's going on in my life. I don't understand it, but here's what I'm experiencing. Fear and worry are running amok in my life. I'm struggling. And he reminded me of these things. Tim, God's got today. Slow down. Take a deep breath. And remind yourself, you don't have to figure out all of the nitty-gritty details today. You can't control everything and all of the problems today. I had to shift my entire mindset and believe and remind myself that he was in control of today. So how do we do that? Here's one way we can do that. One, make a list of all the worries, right? Last week I gave you the homework assignment. I'm sure you all did it, right? Make a list of worries. And next to some of them, write an R for responsibility and come up with an action plan. And write a C next to the other ones and entrust those to God. But here's something else that will really help you. This is your homework for this week. Make a list of worries. You've already done that. All the what ifs. What if I don't have enough money for today? What if I don't have enough money for the repair? What if I don't have enough money for rent? What if I don't have, right? And make a list of all the what ifs. And then on your phone, on your computer, in your journal, on a scratch piece of paper, on a napkin, write the truth. My God will take care of today. And that's going to be a little bit of work and effort and time for you. To make that list in one column, all of the what ifs. And then in the second column, here's the truth. Here's what God says he's going to do. And if it's something that I'm concerned about, I need to entrust that to God and be reminded that he is going to take care of today. So imagine what would happen at work, at home, in your family if we began to do this. And then just pick one biggie, right? The one big one that just kind of seems to stare at you all the time. You know the one, right? You probably woke up this morning at 3.30 in the morning to go to the bathroom, and all of a sudden you couldn't go back to bed because that one was waiting for you. 
take that one and write that one on a three by five card. On one side, write the worry. On the other side, write the truth. And keep that three by five card with you all the time. So you can remind yourself, so you can look at it, so you can review it. Because we have to begin to talk to ourselves and preach to ourselves and tell the chatterbox, be quiet. And move from what if to God is near, to God is in control, to God can be trusted, to God will take care of today. Imagine what would happen if we begin to make that shift. Let me pray with you. God, you are amazing. We love you. We're thankful that we find this story, this account in your word and this truth just rings true for so many of us. I think of those who are here this morning and they're wrestling with fears and worries, doubts, despair is just in their face every single day. They're discouraged you would come alongside them today. You would remind each and every single one of us that you're the one who's in control. You're the one who can be trusted. You're right here with us. And when all those what-ifs begin to speak in our mind, when that chatterbox begins to shout out things, you would help us to silence it and you would remind us that you are in control and you can take care of today. Pray that we would find hope and comfort in you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. No. Hello? But hey, on a side note, it was you guys on. glad he didn't It was on. They had it muted, just today. so we're clear. <laughs> what? Love you, too.